Genesis 41, uh, chapter 41, verse 50 through 52. All right, here we go. Watch this. I see you, Ma. Good morning. Uh, uh, it says, uh, and, to, and, to, uh, and unto Joseph, watch this, and unto Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, which Aseneth, uh, daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bare unto him. Verse 51 says, he says, and Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for, uh, for God, he said, hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Okay, so we named him Manasseh. He said, because God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. Verse 52, he says, and the name of the second he called Ephraim. And he said he called him Ephraim. The Bible says, for God has caused me to be fruitful. Watch this vow. God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Oh my goodness, I'm going to read it again. He says, he called the second son Ephraim, for God has called me to be fruitful. Watch this, in the land of my uh, affliction. Uh, Today's message, uh, we're talking about forgotten and fruitful, okay? Forgotten and fruitful. I think Crystal is going to like that title because Crystal like those kind of titles that work like that. Forgotten, watch this, forgotten and fruitful. So let me give you a quick summary of Joseph because the story is not necessarily about Joseph, okay, as far as where we're taking it uh, uh, here. But when we get to Genesis and our verse-by-verse Bible study and we go verse-by-verse and do all that stuff, you'll get the full thing of, of Joseph. But Joseph, basically one of 12 sons of Jacob. That's where uh, Jacob uh, later renamed Israel, right? Uh, and, and those are the 12 families, the 12 tribes, you didn't say tw- tribes, but basically the tribes are the families, the, the 12 families uh, of Israel, Israel being Jacob. So the 12 sons, so he's one of those 12, right? Now watch this. He had dreams as a kid. He was definitely favored by God. He saw that in the dream, his brothers got jealous. There was actually a moment too, where when he said something about bowing down, where Jacob kind of had a little bit of jealousy towards his son too. But we'll talk about that when we read in Genesis, um, uh, but he kind of got over it. But his brothers were jealous. His brothers ended up selling him into slavery. Watch this. Then they told his dad that he was killed, even though he wasn't killed. They sold him into slavery because, you know, I guess one, well, one of the brothers kind of had a conscience like, guys, we can't kill him. Uh, let's sell him into slavery. So anyway, they, so, so their conscience made them not kill him, uh, made, them, made them just sell him into slavery, right? So he finds himself serving Potiphar. He had some issues going on with Potiphar's wife. Um, well, she had issues going on and he stood on his morals. That landed him in prison, right? So now eventually his gift gets him out of prison and now he, he's, in, he's in front of Pharaoh. And, uh, he, he, he interprets Pharaoh's dreams. Now Pharaoh makes him governor over Egypt. He's in charge over Egypt. Everything is looking up now for, for, uh, for Joseph. That's where we are um, right now. So now we're at the point where all these things are looking up for Joseph. And now he has a wife, right? And now he has two kids and he begins to, and he names them, okay? Now, later on, we're going to talk about the importance of naming, all right? Of naming. I'm watching my pace because I get excited and I start talking fast. So we're going to, we're going to watch, watch this. So we're going to talk about the importance of naming, but we're going to do that later, okay? I want to look at the names, what they meant to Joseph, and what these what these principles behind the names because the names the, the, the names are just uh, uh, names but but names because they symbolize something or mean something okay and so we're going to look at that uh, uh, and see what it meant to Joseph and what it means to us okay so here's your here's our point number one name number one all right name number one he called the firstborn Manasseh right which means forgetting the name it just means to forget forgetting making forget. Uh, 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 causing to forget, right? Now he said he named the first son Manasseh. Why? He says, because for God has made me forget all my toil. Now toil means a long, harsh period of work. Okay. That's what a long, harsh period of work. A uh, uh, hardship. He said, so he made me forget all that. He made me forget the toil. He made me forget the trouble. He made me forget the hardship all 
and, and, and all that was in my father's house. Now, here's what's important to remember. And here's what we take away from this. It is important to remember that Joseph, while he says he made me forget the toil of my father's house or the toil in my father's house, he made me forget the hardship in my father's house. Understand this. Watch, watch, watch this, Mike, that, that, that Joseph is not like he forgot as if he didn't remember, because it's important for us to remember to, 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 to realize and understand what it is he forgot. It isn't as if he forgot what happened to him. He didn't forget that. He didn't forget forget who did what to him. He knew what happened to him. He remembered what they did, and he remembered who did it. He definitely remember remember what they did to him because if you read further in Genesis forty five uh, uh, verse four, it says, "And Joseph said to his brothers when his brothers came back because they needed some stuff, right? They didn't know it was him. He says, "Come to me. I pray for you. I pray to you. Come to me." And they came near, and this is what he said to his brothers: "I am Joseph." your brother whom you sold to slavery to Egypt. So so when he named his son Manasseh, it's not that he forgot what happened to him. It's not that he forgot who did what to him. He remembered all that stuff. And it's important because so many times, and it's so funny how people are quick to want you to forget what they did to you, but they will hold on to what you might've done to them. So, but, but or, or it, and it's funny, too, someone will offend you or do, isn't it funny, especially it happens in the church and Christianity all the time. I won't say Christianity, it happens in anyone who tries to have a moral high ground over somebody. People will do something to you and then will question your Christianity if you don't forgive and forget as fast as they want you to forget and forget them. And you're like, well, where was all this moral clarity when you were doing what you did to me? And so what's interesting here is that, and so when we see this forget, we'll see Joseph Joseph forgot. No, 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 no. He knew exactly what happened. He named him Manasseh and said, for the Lord, for, uh, uh, for the uh, Lord made, caused me to forget my toil, right? But it wasn't as if he forgot exactly what happened to him. And it's not exactly as if he forgot who did what to him. What, what he's talking about here is the fact that he forgot, watch this, that, that out of his memory is what I thought this meant for me, okay? What, what is now out of my memory is what I thought this meant for him. Because again, we see that he says, listen, I am Joseph. I am your brother, the one who we sold into slavery. So it wasn't as if he forgot who did what or what happened to him. What he ended up saying was, "What? watch this, watch this. Forget what I thought what you did meant to me, okay? Watch this. Forget what I thought you did meant to me when you watch this when they turned their backs on him and sold him in slavery you would think that that meant what destruction it must mean that i'm going to lack now death i'll be a slave forever that's what he thought what they did meant to him but actually what it meant watch this was growth for him was prosperity was provision was god's favor that's what it actually meant so when it says that joseph watched his name he and he named the first son what manasseh for god has made me forget the toil and all in my father's house it's not that it made me forget forget what happened to me because some things happen to you and you may think that you lack faith and I, I oh, I've got problems forgiving people or I've got problems with this and you don't, you just, you, you're just not going to be able to forget what happened to you. And that's okay because Joseph didn't forget what happened to him and he didn't forget uh, 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 who did what to him. He didn't forget the what and he didn't forget the who, but what he changed, what did forget was the narrative behind why it happened to him. Watch this in Genesis 45, five, after he says, no, 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 I'm Joseph, the one you guys sold into slavery. So he didn't forget what happened, but here's what he says. He says, and now do not be distressed. Watch this. He says, and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me here because I got a whole new twist on it. Like forget, forget being angry about it and forget being, I don't want, watch this. 
what, what, watch it. Oh my God. When God can grow us up to the point to where we tell people who offended us, please don't be distressed about what you did to me. Come on. When we can tell somebody who stabbed us in the back, when we can tell people who talked about you behind your back, we can tell people who manipulated things behind your back and did all, when we can tell them, listen, do not be distressed over what you did to me. When we can say to them, I see you, Micah, please don't be angry. He says, don't be angry with yourself for selling me here. When we talk about, you know, yeah, forgive, oh, I need to forgive myself for what I did. What do you say? Don't forgive yourself at all. You have not, you owe me not one thing. Don't be angry with yourself. Do not be distressed for selling me here. Watch this, because now Joseph has what? A whole, he forgot that. He has a whole new narrative. He says, watch this. He says, because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Verse six, he says, for two years uh, uh, now, there's been famine in the land. And for the next uh, five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. Verse seven, he says, but God sent me ahead of you to preserve you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. And so now what they're talking about, he named his son Manasseh because God made me forget my toil. It has nothing to do with the fact that he forgot what happened to him. It's the fact that the old narrative about that has changed. The old, what I thought it meant about me has changed. Watch this, that everything that I thought about what happened to me, that's out of my mind, that it is now a new story that I, now that I see what God was actually doing through that, because sometimes things happen in our lives and things are going on and we don't know why they're happening. Right. And we, we, well, God, why? Well, what is this? When will it be over? We ask all these questions as opposed to saying, well, what in the world are you trying to work through doing this? And once Joseph realized it, he, he named the first son, what? Manasseh, because I forgot what it was. And now I know what it is. OK, I see you, Ma. Watch this. But here's where it gets catchy, too, because it wasn't he understands that it wasn't just about about favoring him. And it wasn't just about promoting him. And it wasn't just about him now being under Pharaoh and ruling uh, and ruling Egypt right, and governing Egypt. It was about provision. Watch this for his brothers and for his family, for the same perpetrators. God grow me up. And this is, this is hard for me because listen, I'm, uh, the pastor is preaching to himself here. Y'all got this down. It's me that need work on this. God help me to understand that sometimes the provision and the prosperity that you have put in my life, watch this, ain't about me. It's to help the same people. Come on, somebody. It's to help the same people who, who sold me into slavery. That's what his brother sold him into slavery. It's to help the same people who turned their backs on you. The same people who had everything to say about you behind your back. That Listen, it wasn't for him to be prosperous and watch his family die in a drought. It was for him to prosper in order to help them later on. And so, and so, and so it's, and see me, we do this all the time. We say, when Joseph said what the enemy, what the, when, when Joseph says, you know, what the enemy meant for bad, God turned it around for good. He's not just talking about the good for him. And so when we preach this, we like to stop right there and just say, look at all the bad stuff that Joseph went through. And it was for Joseph's good. Yes, it was, but it, but the purpose was to also help what his family was to help his brothers. Watch this. That, that, that's right, Crystal was to help was to help the brothers and to help his father and to help them during famine. And so and so and so what happens is we preach this and we stop with like, look, God is going. I see you see here. God is going to elevate you for all the stuff that they did to you, and He's going to put you here. And we stop right there. We don't say. And by the way. If they come to you in their time of need after God has blessed you, you better consider it the fact that I've put you in a place to where you can bless, yes, the same ones who turned their backs on you years back then. 
That's the reason why I put you here. And that's what Joseph is saying here. And we've got to learn that, listen, that while that person may have took advantage of me and while that person may have lied on me and while that person may have stole from me, that watch this, God still put me in a place of prosperity and he still put me in a place of provision. And and because he put me there, I still can be a blessing to that individual. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not even saying I do it. I'm just saying I aspire to do it one day. Oh, listen, pastor's preaching to himself this morning. So y'all can log off Zoom and don't even listen to the rest of this. I'm preaching to myself because I'm not there yet. And I'm trying and I'm, and, I, and I'm trying to get there. And so watch this. So, so it's forget what the old narrative. And I hope that releases some people today, because sometimes we think I need to grow spiritually because I got to forget what they did, or I got to forget what they said, or I got to forget some, listen, some, I see you, I'm trying to preach this morning. Some things we just, some things we go through and we don't forget it. It's going to be in your mind, but what you can do is change the narrative or the story behind it. And that's exactly what, 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 what Joseph did here. So forget the old narrative. There's a new story. There is a new narrative. Watch this. I thought this happened because they didn't like me. I thought this happened because I wasn't good enough. I thought this ha- didn't happen because I wasn't smart. Well, I thought this didn't happen because because they because they liked so-and-so over me or this or whatever, whatever you thought it was. But no, you have to change that and say, but it was actually about God using all of that. Okay. Watch this. From where I was born to the family I was born into, to some of the drama that came my way that had nothing to do with anything that I did. Sometimes we're just placed in situation, but it's God using everything. I'm not going to use Crystal's favorite uh, scripture, Romans 8, 28. I'm not going to do it because she's going to type it in. That's her favorite scripture. But 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 it's God using what? Everything. Even the hardships. Why, even, the, even the fake people. Even the jealous people. Even the people who stab you in the back. Even your own bad decisions that God used all of that to put me exactly where he wants me to be right where he wants me to be. And so we see, I see him, I'm, I'm trying. So we, see, so we see what? So we see he named it. So we see the first name, Manasseh. And we learn about the importance of what? All of it. I see, you see, and we learn the importance of what? Of forgetting. But we, careful what you forget, okay? Uh, uh, and so, and so, and so we see that. Let's go to the second name. All right, so we see, so we see forgetting. Let's, let's move to the second name. It says he named the second son, son Ephraim. Now watch this. He said, for God has caused me, y'all, I, I, I'm not going to finish. For God has caused me to be fruitful, watch this, in the land of my affliction. So, so, so he named the first son um, uh, uh, Manasseh, which means to forget. But then he says the second son will be named Ephraim, which Ephraim just means fruitful. But he says he named him Ephraim. The Bible says Joseph calls him because what? For God has, has what? Has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Now, here's what it means to be fruitful. Fruitful just means to produce good things, okay? To produce good, uh, 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 helpful results. It's where we get the word productive from. Now, here's the thing. We know that God wants us to be fruitful, okay? That's not the lesson here with, 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 with Ephraim and being fruitful in the land of my affliction. We know God wants us to be fruitful. We know he wants us to produce. He know he wants us to be out here uh, uh, doing good works, uh, helpful results, uh, so that our good works can shine on him, right? So we see that. But the lesson here is that, watch this, God, God does not need perfect uh, natural conditions in order to make you fruitful, okay? God does, God does not need everything to be perfect in your life. He doesn't, need, he doesn't need everything to be calm. He doesn't need everything to be great around you. Watch this, in order to make you fruitful, he can make you fruitful, as he said, right in the land of your affliction, affliction, right in the place of your greatest trouble. Watch this, 
What a, we, we pray, God, calm the confusion. He can calm the confusion, calm the storm, uh, uh, give me this, and he can do all of that. But what happens when we realize, I, I see you, my, watch this, what happens when, when we say, what, what happens though, when we come to realize that God can literally still make me, watch this, fruitful in the land or in the place of my confusion, in the land of the place, in the place where I lack, or he can still make me fruitful in a place where nothing else is growing. Come on, in a place, watch, in the middle of a famine, I see you here, uh, where nothing else is growing, God can still make my life fruitful and make me productive and make those around me productive. And the lesson we've got to understand is that God does not need you to wait for, uh, because he's not going to wait for perfect natural conditions in order to make you fruitful. Listen here, Tanya, watch this. Some of us are so focused. Come on, watch this, watch this. Nisi, some of us are so focused in trying to get out of the quote unquote land of affliction. Oh, we're, listen, we're so we're so focused and praying all night that God will end the season of affliction or end this season that you're in or, or take me out of the land, this land of affliction that we don't even realize that God can do great things for you right there in the land of your affliction. That whatever season that you find yourself in, whether it's this, this is what Paul talked about, I find myself, I see you, I find myself content, whether I got a bunch of stuff or whether I don't have, well, I got, I got a lot, don't have much. Like I find myself content because I know that God, watch this, can make me productive and can make me fruitful despite the fact that everything around me naturally, I see you, Tanya, the fact that everything around me naturally is, is, is around me is dying, that everything in me and revolving me can live and can produce and can thrive. We got these, we got our impact sayings all the time. And you may need to write this down on a, on a note card or on a sticky card and put it on your mem- in on, on your mirror or something like that and remind yourself that everything, watch this, everything everything concerning me grows. All right. Every, it doesn't matter the condition, no matter where I am, everything around me does what? Everything around me grows. You may need to put that down on the mirror so you can remind yourself that everything concerning, I see you see here, everything concerning me grows. It doesn't matter what, what, what situation I am in. It doesn't matter what the conditions are like. It doesn't matter any of that stuff because it, Joseph realized what? He called, he, called, he called the second son Ephraim because he realized that what? That God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Watch this. God, and, and, and here's what we have to realize. God actually didn't even really start doing anything with Joseph until he got to his land of affliction. Listen, we knew Joseph was favored because the Bible says that and he was working with his brothers and he was doing this and he had the little coat and having the dreams, but he didn't do anything with them at that point. It just established that he was favored by God. It wasn't until he got to the land of affliction that God actually started using Joseph. Listen, some of y'all want to, you want to be comfortable your whole life and you want everything to work out for you and you want to, you know, cry anytime something bad happens, that's fine, do it. But, but what happens if God will not make you productive, watch this, in the kingdom until he gets you to the land of your affliction. What happens when, when, when nothing, watch this, when nothing even starts in your life, come on somebody, until somebody does something to you. What, watch this, what if the gift that he has in you never even shows up until 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 you are like Joseph slowed uh, sold into slavery what what listen what happens that when the when the greatest thing that God is trying to do watch this we, we know that God I see you Micah that God we, we know two things we say this is an impact all the time that God is trying to do something in us and God is trying to do something through us we know that in us he's trying to conform us to the image of Jesus right he's trying to conform us to the image of Christ and we know that he is now like it says in second Corinthians given us the ministry of reconciliation, that the same way he did through Christ, making his appeal to the world, he's making that appeal 
to, uh, to, to uh, through who? That he is making that appeal through us. And so what if the greatest work, whether it is whether, whether it is that work that's inside of you or that work that he's doing through you, and it could be both. What, but what happens when the greatest work that God is trying to do in your life and trying to do through your life doesn't even start until you get to the land of your affli- affliction? Uh, we got to realize that about Joseph. We see that, 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 that Joseph was special from a boy. We see he had the dreams. We see he told his brothers and, and, and his parents that he's going to, you know, that they're going to bow to him and all sorts of kind of stuff. We see that, but he still, there was nothing that he did up to that point, right? And it wasn't until he got to the land of affliction. It wasn't until he got, until he was sold in slavery and taken to his land of affliction that what happened? That all of a sudden, that that's when God started to use him. Now, wa- now watch this too. We have to understand where Joseph is in this point of his life. Like a lot of that stuff is all over now. And now he is ruling over Egypt. Yet he still watch this called Egypt the land of his affliction. Some people will look at Joseph like, what do you mean affliction? You're in charge of Egypt. You're right under Pharaoh. You got these two kids. You got all this stuff going on, but he still called it what? The land of his affliction. Why? Because sometimes we have our focus on what we have or where we are. And and so we would look at Egypt and look at Joseph's life and say, no, Egypt, I see you, Nisi, that Egypt, watch this. No, Egypt is my place of blessing. No, no, no. Egypt was his land of affliction. God just prospered him while he was there. Egypt was still his land of affliction. God just blessed him while he was there. And so, and so, and so we need to make sure that when we, you, you get these jobs or you get this new place or you get this and God is prospering, that we don't attribute, watch this, the blessings to the place where we are, but we attribute the blessing and we attribute the favor to the one who what? Who gave it to the one who what? Caused us to be fruitful. And here's the thing about it as well. And this is God working in our lives is that Joseph says he caused me to be fruitful. Not that you know, I bowed my head, I prayed, and then magically, and then magically God dropped, you know, what I needed right into my lap. No, no, no. He said it was God, what God did, what caused him to be fruitful, that God will work a way in your life and working things through you that the things that you decide to do and the things that you are touched, as long as you live by the spirit, I see you see here, will cause you to be uh, fruitful. And so it isn't about sitting around, um, you know, uh, with my hands up and then hopefully, you know, God drops this thing in my lap and bam, look at it. God bless me. Cause some, but listen, God will bless you. He'll, he'll send stuff your way and bless you. But he says that God caused me to be. And so as he would, because remember when he went to prison and he found out he could do the whole thing with the dreams and then he'd take him to Pharaoh and then he does the thing with the dreams of Pharaoh, that it was, it was the gift and the stuff that God had already placed inside of him that as he was working and operating in that, it was God, what, causing him to be fruitful. And so it wasn't about the land. It wasn't about Egypt. He still referred to Egypt despite his promotion, despite his status. Because some of us put so much, we put so much um, uh, uh, emphasis on that. Even, watch this, even in church. And so it's like, oh, well, Rick's Pastor Rick. So he's got to wear the collar and he's got to sit in this this seat here. And we got to make sure that if we have a church banquet, that Pastor Rick's got to eat first. And y'all better not make Pastor Rick go get his own plate. Somebody go get Pastor's plate. No, we don't like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? Like, we don't like that's, that's foolishness. We don't need to do that. And I understand we got to honor the man of God, I go, whatever, but we all, we go, we, I can get up and go to a buffet and get my own, my own plate. I don't need anybody to do that. And I don't need a comfortable chair. I can sit on the same hard chairs that everybody else is sitting on. And if we're going to, if I'm going to get a comfortable chair, then everybody's going to get a comfortable chair. And you know, and it, like, like we, but we do this with status where we make something think that a position or something, well, that's where the blessing is, but no, he still considered the Egypt despite his prosperity there, the land of what? Of his affliction, but it was God that made me prosperous, 
not being here in Egypt, not Potiphar, not Pharaoh. None of these people made, 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 uh, made me fruitful. It was God who made me fruitful. As a matter of fact, y'all look at this land and I'm trying to tell y'all, this is the land of my affliction. It's just that God had made me fruitful. And so we changed that name. Now watch this. I want to give y'all some scriptures. I want to, I want to give y'all, I want to give y'all, look at my cousin Stephanie's on the call. And so I want, I, and she likes the Bible. So I want to give y'all some, some word. Watch this. Psalm one, Psalm one, one through three. Watch this, y'all. This is going to tear you up. Here you go. Psalm one. So, uh, Psalm 1, 1 through 3 is NIV. Watch this. The Bible, watch this. This is what it says. It says, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step uh, uh, with the wicked. This is NIV. Or stand uh, in the way of sinners uh, uh, or sit in the company of mockers. Watch this. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. So it says, blessed is the one who's what? Whose light is in the law of the Lord. Watch this. And who meditates uh, uh, on his uh, law day and night. Watch what it says. It says, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they what? Whatever they do prospers. Not that prosperity is dropped on their lap. It says, but whatever they do prospers. Now watch this. It doesn't say you will be a tree planted by streams of water. It won't say that you will be in ideal situations. It says that, watch this, that if you, that, 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 that if you delight in the law of the Lord, meditate in his law day and night, it says you will be like the tree that is in ideal situations. You will be like the tree that's in ideal conditions right there by the stream of waters. But it doesn't say that you will be the tree in ideal situations. It just says you will be like the the tree that is in the ideal situation. So it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what the conditions are around you. It doesn't matter what 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 drought or what famine is going on around you. I will be exactly like a tree or a plant that is, even if I'm not in ideal situations, I will be like a tree that is in ideal situations. And it says you will be like that tree that's in perfect conditions, right? Watch this, another scripture. Watch this, Stephanie. Jeremiah 17, 8. It says, but Jeremiah 17, 8. It says, but blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Right. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. It says whose confidence is in him. Watch this. It says, watch this, mom. It says they will be like a tree planted by the again. Here we go with the trees and the waters in the perfect situation. It doesn't say you will be. It says you will be like the tree that is planted by, uh, uh, by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. Watch what it says. It says it does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries about a year of drought. It never fails to produce fruit. It says that, watch this, that again, it doesn't matter where you are. If your trust is in the Lord and your confidence is in the Lord, it says you will be like a tree that's in perfect conditions, even when you're not in perfect conditions. It says you will not what? You will not worry about when heat comes. It doesn't say that say that, that you'll be like this tree who never sees heat, who never sees the hot temperatures, who never has the sun. Be- no, it says it doesn't fear when the heat comes. It means that the heat may come and that the imperfect conditions for growth may be there, but you will not fear those conditions. Why? Because you trust in the Lord and your confidence is in the Lord. And so it says he will not fear when he comes. Watch this. It says leaves are always green. Not only will I not fear when he comes, that when you look at me, my leaves will always green. It won't even look like I'm in heat. It won't even look like the sun is beating down on me. It won't even look like I'm in imperfect conditions. It will look, watch this. It will, you will think that I am planted by the streams of living waters and that my roots go out to the streams. That's not the case. I'm, watch this. And they will wonder, I'm right here in the desert with you. I'm right here in the famine with you. The difference is, is that my my trust is in the Lord. My confidence is in him. So when you look at me, we feel the same heat. We both feel the same heat. My leaves are green, right? And watch this, watch this. And it's not just me. Your leaves can be green too. Come on, Nisi, Stephanie, Charmaine, watch this. Your numbers on here, I don't recognize. 240, your numbers, watch it. Your leaves 
can be green as well. It says it has no worries. Watch this. No worries in the year of drought. Right. No. So so not that you won't face. Watch this. Not just the short drought, but watch this. A, a, a drought that lasts for a year should affect you somehow, usually fatally. But it says something that should affect you over a long period of time in a fatal manner. Watch this. Will not even worry you. Come on, somebody. Watch this. That not that not only not only so you can't avoid the drought, but it says the drought that lasts a long time. Watch this. Won't even forget whether it affects you or not. You won't even be worried about it. Oh my goodness! I'm about to, we live in a townhouse. My neighbors, oh, they getting this. They get. They gonna get worried. They gonna get worried this morning too. Welcome to church, neighbors. So here we go. Watch this. That 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 the that the drought. You're you're, you're facing the heat. We all are. You're facing the drought. We all are. But it says you won't even worry about the drought. Forget how it affects you. You won't even worry about it. And then it says, and and, and what? And never fails to bear fruit. And then you'll be able to say what? The Lord has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. The Lord has made me fruitful in the middle of a drought. The Lord has made me fruitful when the heat was unbearable. The Lord made me fruitful. And because people are going to wonder and they're going to want to know, Tanya, how in the world with all this craziness going on in the world, all this craziness going on in this, how do you remain? Micah, how do you, how in the world, Mike, how do and and it will be on you saying, well, it's the Lord that makes me fruitful in the land of affliction. It's God who does it. Now watch this. So we, so we see, so we see, we see the name forget. We saw, we talked about that. We we see the name, the name fruitful, right? Now here's part three, the uh, uh, name number three. Here's the name number three. The name number three is not anything that I can give you. It's nothing that I can give you. Na- the, the, for the third part of whatever name we're talking about here, that's on you. That's on you. You need, you need to start looking. Because listen, the truth be told, we've all lived God being good to us in a time of lack. We all lived God making us fruitful in a time of affliction. We've all lived God delivering us from something. We've all lived God God taking something that was meant to destroy us and making it for our good. We've all lived, we may not have been slowed, uh, sold to slavery in Egypt the way Joseph was to his brothers, but we've had people turn their backs on us and have had people do things to us that we know is not fair and that you know is wrong. Watch this and see me. And while imagine Joseph being in prison thinking his brothers got away with all this. They over there living all good and doing all this and having all fun. And here I am, you know, uh, 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 in prison because Potiphar's wife want to act like I try to do something to her. And so, and I was falsely accused of that. And, but, 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 and, and so we've all can, can, can relate to, to that deliverance, that saving grace, that power of God to change something in our life. But we, but now it is on you to start looking back at those things and, and naming those things and naming those periods in your life and naming those times where God has delivered you and not just name it just to name it because it sounds like a cute Christian thing to do for me to say at church, but name it, watch this, as a memorial to God. There is biblical principle about naming things as a memorial to God. Watch this, Genesis 32, 30. I'm just going to, uh, you may have to go back on bus route to hear, to hear uh, uh, what it says, because um, I'm not going to, uh, uh, I mean, I'm not going to give you time to get there. Genesis 30, because I'm, uh, I'm trying to slow down as much as I can, but I'll talk fast. Genesis 32, 30, right? Watch this. this. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. It was a place of visitation for, for Jacob. And what did he do? He named that place. In Genesis 22, 13, it says, Abraham looked up and there was, a, this is when he was thought he was going to have to sacrifice his son. He says, and Abraham looked up and there in the thicket, he saw a ram caught by his horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Verse 14. So Abraham called that place Yahweh Yahir. 
I looked up how you pronounce that in Hebrew, so I was going to make sure that I was right this morning. You say Yaira, but uh, or Jaira or Yaira, but it's Yahir, Yahweh Yahir says the Lord will provide. And so because and so because he didn't have to sacrifice his son, but God provided for him, he named the mountain Yahweh Yahir, saying the Lord will provide. And watch this says, and to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. That too, so so he named it that then, and then and then Moses, the writer of Genesis, says, and to this day, years and years and years later, it is still called on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Now watch this. I'm gonna give you one more. Second Samuel 5:17. I'm trying to get y'all to name some stuff this afternoon. Watch this. Second Samuel 5:17:20. It says, This is the story of uh, one of the stories of David. He says, When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king, they mobilized all their fortunes to capture him. Because remember what he did to, 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 to the giant. So anyway, I said, Oh, David's king now. Great. You know, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time to put in some work. But David was told they were coming, so he went to other uh, stronghold. Verse 18, the Philistines arrived and spread across the valley. Uh, he says, So David asked the Lord, should I go out and fight the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? The Lord replied to David, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. Verse 20. So David went uh, to to uh, Baal-Perazim and defeated the Philistines there. Uh, The Lord did it, David explained. Watch this. He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. Watch this. So he named that place Baal-Perazim, which means the Lord who bursts through. What I love about the explanations is that sometimes we think about naming stuff. It don't have to be anything eloquent. He named it the Lord who bursts through the, the, the mountain where the Lord provided. Listen, it is also so it's a, a monument to God of what he's done to your life. But also watch this, a future, a, a reminder of, of what God can do in your life in the future. Because we know we are real quick to forget how good God has been. Watch this. There are sometimes, have you ever caught yourself complaining about something that used to be a blessing? Like you used to consider something a blessing and now you find yourself consider, uh, complaining about it all the time. It was a time when you needed a new job or you was looking for, looking for a job or looking for income and then you get that job and then, you know, years later, you know, oh, this job, oh, Monday. Oh, why did you, but there was a point in time where this, where you, where you thank God for that job because he provided. The problem is we didn't memorialize it. We didn't say that this is what he provided for me to remind myself that when I start acting like the Israelites and I start, and I, and they complained about leaving Egypt where they were oppressed and in slavery. And so when I forget about what he's done, I need to memorialize it and go back to my journal. If you write in your journal, go back to something to remind myself that this was something that he blessed me with. And I'm naming it to remind myself that this is what it was. So we're, 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 we're real quick to forget that. And it gives us, watch this, confidence to remind us that he can do it again. Watch this. God blesses you with a place to stay. You Name that place. Micah, name, name that place. The place could be the, the, the place where God provided me with peace. The place that, or, or you get a new job. You know, the, it could mean the place, uh, uh, name it, the place where God gave me a fresh start. The, the, the Lord has brought peace to my life. You can name it God, God, the God who blesses right on time. The God who provides whatever you need. Name it. Watch this. You can name, some of us need to name places the Lord spared me in the midst of my foolishness. Name that whole season you just came out of and that whole season you went through and that whole relationship, you you need to name that whole thing. The Lord, the Lord spared. No, rename, <laughs> rename my child. I know it's crystal funny. Watch this. That the the I, the whole season, the, the Lord spared me in the midst of my foolishness. Watch this. The Lord, the Lord has given me a fresh start. The Lord provided exactly what I needed. The, the the Lord proved that he. The Lord showed me that he was on my side. The Lord showed me that he was with me. He is the God who provides. He's the God showed me that he's the God who's there. God showed me that he's the God. That, you know, I, na- I named this season. God is my 
companion. I name this season that God, God is my provider. I name whatever that season is, name it because it will remind you that, watch this, that, and we talked about this and I probably got to do a study on this, that if we know that God is doing something in us and we know that God is doing something through us, that we have to view everything from this point on and through the lens that God is doing something. The Bible, I'm going to teach this uh, soon, y'all. The Bible says, says, says that we are to what? Humble ourselves, humble ourselves in the mighty hand of God, right? And he will exalt us in due season. Humble me, whatever it is you're doing in this season, God, whatever it is you're taking me, what, even the people who've been mean, the people who've been nasty, even the people who've been using me, even the people that, whatever it is, whatever it is you're doing, through, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to, and I'm going to roll with it. I'm going because even if I find myself, watch this, in the land, in the land of affliction, I know you can prosper me there. I know you can probably, and watch this. And I can then what? I can then forget the narrative before, right? I can forget what I thought it meant. And I can change it to say that it was God who made me come before you guys to prosper me so that when you eventually needed something, that you had someone in place that could help you out to do. Now, that's also the part where y'all got to pray for your pastor on when it comes to, yeah, I'm cool with being Joseph right under uh, uh, a Pharaoh, but then it's when they come for the help that I like, ah, well, you know, well, you remember what you did to me? But anyway, um, so, but, but pray for me. That sermon's for me. Let's pray. And if anybody, if anybody wants, uh, have, has a prayer request, feel free to type that in. And if I miss it, I'll, I'll pray after prayer, but um, for it. Um, but also if you, um, if you have anything you want to share, um, about that or, or anything you want to, um, uh, uh, add, feel free to, um, uh, once prayer is over, um, yeah, let's pray. 